0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, I'm to have It's a very short day, but I want to share with you, um, a continu- continuing in the tefillah of Ahava the Shirom and Tefillah are dedicated by my dear friend, Rabbi Tala Rose of Los Angeles, the his brother, Zvi Ben Levi Yitzchak, Zizhach, Shaman, Aliyah, B'Yom, Yitzhach, B'Yom, Yitzhach, <clears throat> we're continuing in Ahav Um and this is also a very timely subject, because we're up to the part of Ahav which is, even though Ahav is technically a brach on the Torah, we talk about a request for a return to Eretz Yisrael. First we ask, <inaudible> We should not be embarrassed. What does that mean, We translate it forever and ever. La'olam, though, means world. What does the word va'ed mean? Where do these words come from? Why does the word world, why is it spelled with the letters ayin lamid mem? Rav Schwab says, La'olam va'ed refers to la'asid lavai, the future. Rav Shamshin Rufal Hirsh explains that the word oilam comes from the word he'elam. He'elam means hidden. The word va'ed is. um, The root of the word va'ed is ya'ad. Ya'ad means a promise that's absolute reality. This is a very interesting um, definition. The word va'ed is a a lushion of ya'ad, establishing. A, a an establishment of a future event that has a reality to it. Look, we don't really know what La Asulava is gonna look like. We don't even know what tomorrow is gonna look like, let alone La Lava. You know, people want to know what's gonna happen when Mashiach comes. The answer is we don't we don't really know. The Ramam says even the Nevi'im don't have a clear tradition exactly how it's gonna play out. So it's La'olam, it's hidden. But it's also vaed. Vaed means a promise. Yaad, and that is that there's a reality to it. It's not. It's not. It's not wishful thinking. It's not okay. This is a legend. No, even though we don't know exactly how it's going to be and it's hidden, nevertheless, it's a absolute reality. It's a davar vaday, and it's the davar mamish. In the end. A person will have to make an appearance before Hashem and give an accounting for all of his actions. They're going to take out a Sefer Toira and they're going to ask, did you fulfill this particular mitzvah? Did you guard this particular mitzvah? Um, So as we prepare ourselves to say Shema, we daven Hashem. We don't want to be embarrassed in the future. We, we need you to help us observe and keep and connect to the Torah. We don't want to have that shame because in your holy name, okay, we're now preparing ourselves to be Moisar Nefesh in Kriya Shema. Because for your holy name, your great name, great name, that refers to that we're, the name that we love, the Hanayra, the name that we fear. We trust in it. We, what does that mean, We trust. We trust that if we do what we need to do, then we're not going to be embarrassed. We're going to be Nagila Vinismacha Bishua Secha. We will rejoice and be glad in your Yeshua. What does Yeshua mean? What does Yeshua mean? It means salvation. But uh, uh, Rav Schwab interprets Yeshua as a reference to being Zoichat Oilam haba. We say, Hashem, if you help us observe and learn your Torah, we trust in you that we're going to get to the Promised Land. We're going to get to the afterlife, and where the afterlife is the great salvation, because man was created ultimately to rejoice in the in the Shechina, to to be nana mizvah Shechina. So, therefore, it is our. Uh, it is our trust, it is our bhitachir in Hashem that if we do what we need to do, the Ribanisham is gonna help us get there. Now, now we ask, well, What what does this gotta do with Birchhas Shema, with Shema, with Ahavarabbah? Why are we saying Hashem bring us in peace from the four corners of the, glo- of the globe? The answer is the purpose of Shema is to establish that there's nothing in this world, only God's reality. And everything that exists in this world is an expression of God's reality. So therefore, in order to achieve the full goal of Kriya Shema, we need the unity of the Jewish people in our land. The Torah wasn't given to individuals, it was given to the nation of Israel, it was given to Klal Yisrael. And when we get to the Pasuk of Shema, we say, All of us together, so that we could achieve, And then we will be Zaycha, to, you will bring us close to your great name. So in other words, at this interval, it's important to recognize that the return to Eretz Yisrael is necessary, Rabbi Isai, in order for us to unify Hashem and deliver the message of God's oneness. Now the minhag, based on the Arizal, and it's been accepted by all the Bnei Ashkenaz, is at this juncture we take the Dalet convoys and we gather them in our hands. And even though you're not allowed to do even a small act when a person's davening. This is something that we always have to requires vigilance. You know, when a person's making asher yatsar or an yadayim, really a person should not even be drawing their hands or walking around. Whenever we're davening, we should not be involved in any activity at all. Let's say, for example, um, during davening, a person wants to take out their phone, which is, it's even impossible to do that. Since you're now to bring a phone into a shul, it would be very difficult for a person to take it out. But let's say a person forgot. Why would it, you know, or let's say, uh, I, I don't know why a person would forget and bring their phone into a shul. Maybe crazy glue spilled off their desk, and now their phone is connected to their pants, and they were not able to. Uh, cut it off before they came into the davening. That's the only situation I could possibly think of. But even so, you still can't look at it during the davening. So how are you let to gather your tzitzis in the middle of the davening? The answer is gathering the tzitzis is connected to the tefillah. It's, um, it's connected to the davening. And therefore it's not considered a hefsik So we say as follows, we say, V'haviyinu Va'enu HaShalom is the gathering of the exiles that can only come about through Mashiach. Also we say in Tikva Shefa, we say, "The sun is yachad What does it mean yachad? As we mentioned Rabbi Isai, the purpose of Shema is to disseminate the notion that there's one God. And that is only possible that is only possible with Klal Yisrael coming together in peace. So we say, Vi yachad, just like we say, V'havienu l'shaloim. Now Rab Schwab takes the opportunity to um, burst a misnomer. Because many people think that in the last 70 years, Jews have gathered to Eretz Yisrael from all four corners of the world, and many, many have termed that kibbutz galiyos. And Rab Schwab says that's really incorrect, that we cannot term it that. Yes, it's wonderful that hundreds of thousands of Jews have gathered from all corners of the world to Eretz Yisrael, but in no way is that kibbutz galiyos. Reb Schwab goes so far as to say, chas v'shalem to call it kibbutz galiyos. He says it's a grave error. Because even though, Bechastei Hashem, Jews from all over the world, from Yemen, from Iran, from Russia, millions of Jews, from France, from Morocco. Nevertheless, even though these people now have a, a safe haven and refuge, but you can't call it Kibbutz Goliath because Kibbutz Galios is, no yachad. Kibbutz Galios is, V'habienu l'shaloim. And don't fool yourself, says Rav Schwab. The Jewish people in the land of Israel are not Yachad, and they're not Bishaloi. And therefore, it is, not, it is fundamentally not Kibbutz Goliath. Kibbutz Goliath is not the physical gathering of the Jews. It's the unified effort of Klai Yisrael to come together as one. And that has not even started yet. Again, I'm reading to you what Rav Schwab wrote, And even though since he wrote these words, more Jews have come to Eretz Yisrael, but regarding the detail of Yachad and the detail of L'shaloim, I don't think we've made that much progress uh, since he wrote these words. Now, why do we specifically ask to return to the Holy Land in the brach of Ahav (coughs) And he says something very important. How in the world would the Jewish people ever come together? You ever wonder about that? You know, the base of HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. So Ahava, Ahava HaSchinam will rebuild the base of HaMikdash. So do you ever wonder, like, how's this ever going to happen? Are Jews ever going to get along? And they, you know, what, what exactly will be the magic formula and many people think, well, because of the tzara, because, you know, many people say, isn't it beautiful in uh, the current climate, because Kal is under attack, so now we're all Ba'achtos. Look, I personally don't want to be the one to uh, burst the, the bubble of this, but I don't know if that's called Achtos. What, because we're, we're all being threatened, so now we all love each other? Or is it just, you know, it's out of necessity, you know? We don't have a choice. When it comes down to it, we might not agree or like each other, but they, they, they hate us to death. So we'll get along in the meantime. But is that real achtos? I don't know if that, that's going to do the job. I don't know if that kind of achtos is genuine achtos. Hopefully it's good and Mashiach could come in an hour. But I'm not sure. I always I, I always think about this. Is that really achdos? Is achdos? Oh, well, what if all of a sudden they'll say, you know what? We love you again, and uh, you know um, we're all on your side. Would we still be the achdos, or we would we be, immediately revert back to our old uh, grievances? So if we would revert back, so it's is it real? Reb Schwab says something very interesting, and I think uh, personally very compelling. I think that there is one recipe for Jewish unity. I don't think that there's a mitzvah in the Torah that everyone has to agree with each other. It doesn't say that anywhere. And I don't think there's a mitzvah in the Torah that everyone has to do or dress or look like other Jews. It doesn't say we have to have the same color yarmulke. Why do we have to have the same color yarmulke? I want to wear this color, you want to wear that color. It's great. You feel you should wear this color, I feel I should wear that color. That's also great. I don't call that machlekas. I don't call it sinna. I you know, I don't like or dislike anyone based on the way they dress or the way they look. I think the more learned a person is and the more they are attached to learning of Torah and learning of Torah in a, in a meaningful way, I think... That is the ultimate uh, unifier. Even if they don't necessarily agree on every issue, and they don't dress the same, and they don't look the same, I think people who study Torah in depth, and not superficially, with each other, not with each other, have a very genuine respect for anyone who's connected to the Torah. And ultimately, it's the learning of Torah that unifies the Jewish people doesn't say make everybody wear the same clothing. doesn't say make everybody have the same viewpoint. But by being connected to genuine lima that unifies the Jewish people. And I think that's real achdos. I don't think achdos means when everybody thinks and looks the same. I think achdos means when everyone thinks and looks differently, but they respect that their viewpoints come from an understanding and a genuine attempt to understand the Torah. Anyway, so Rabbi Schwab says, since Jewish unity stems from learning Torah, that's why we ask for it in the bracha of Ahav which is a bracha of of the learning of the (coughs) Torah. The Rabbi Schwab says, That we fulfill v'havyeinu l'shalayim, that is a result of Eisek HaToyrah. True peace is only possible by learning Torah. Like Chazal said, um, And through that, Varav banayach. They are the real builders. They're the real builders of Klal Yisrael. There's a Shita B'Shamay. There's a Shita B'Shalal. By the way, you know, the Gemara says the ultimate... Achtos were between the students of B'Sham and B'Shalom. They married into each other. They accorded each other with honor and respect. And they didn't agree on anything. They did not agree on one single thing. So you see from here, Shalom doesn't mean... whenever. You know what you call um, a room where everybody agrees? You call it a bar. In a bar where people drink alcohol and nobody thinks, that's where everybody agrees. In a yeshiva, nobody agrees. In a in a place where there's learning, nobody agrees, including the Rabbanim. But Beshama and Baisillah were the ultimate exemplars of Ahavas Yisrael. Because they married each other and they were friendly with each other. Even though they argued in good in good cheer, call you Chayav. Anyway, that's, a, I think, uh, a very compelling approach, at least in, uh, to my understanding. Anyway, we dive in that we should be able to go to Eretz Yisrael What does it mean, koim So because everybody's going to Eretz Yisrael when they're horizontal. <laughs> right? We're all going to Many people buy land in Eretz Yisrael. They're going to be going there horizontally. The, the tefillahs, we should go there vertically. That's the highest level. Um, Now, Reb Schwab says something very interesting. What does Koim mean? In Bechukhoi kaysai, Hashem says, I will break the pegs of your yoke. Now, when I took you out of uh, Mitzrayim, it says, Hashem said, He led us Koim Amiyos. Chazal say, Bekoimo Zekufa. With an erect posture. What does it mean that Hashem took us with an erect posture? Doesn't the Gemara say it's forbidden for a person to walk even four cubits with an erect posture? Isn't it gaiva? Rabbi Rucham Levavitz, the Mashkiach and Mir, says Rabbi Schwab, asked the Talmidim, Does anybody know what it means? what kaima Zakufa is, I'll give you, he said, ten zlatas, which was a lot of money back then. And nobody really was able to explain it. And Rabbi Schwab says, I think I know what it means, if I could interject just one very simple interpretation at this juncture, you know, everybody wants to know, I've even gotten phone calls over the last week, you know, when Mashiach comes, and Gullah America is over, are people going to take their money with them? Are people going to take their houses with them? You know, there has not been a Gullus where they knocked on our doors and they said, Okay, Yiddalach, you know, it's time to go, but we'll give you a couple of months so this way you could find a good buyer for your house and pack things up nicely. As far as I know, that, that doesn't really happen. Usually when we leave, we're lucky if we leave with the shirt on our back. But the hope is that when we leave the gullus, we leave upright, we, li- we leave standing tall, where they, are, they respect our values, that we're the light unto the nation, that the values that God gave us on Sinai were meant for us to give to the whole world. So could you imagine if when Gullus America is over... We're considered like, um, important personalities and we walk upright to Eretz Yisrael, proud that we are the, uh, ambassadors to Hashem and his mission in this world. That's the Tfilah, <laughs> Harachaman, who, uh, that we should go, <laughs> Reb Schwab says something very interesting. He said, I want to tell you what kaima zakufa is. You know, let's say a person wants to know how tall he is, especially, you know, Jews. You know, we walk, we walk a little we 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 walk a little hunched over. You know, but when you go to the doctor and he measures how tall you are, all of a sudden you stand straight up you're actually like five inches taller than uh, the way you stand in the shul usually. You know, you, you stand tall. You stand tall. Without any impediment. Nothing nothing weighing down on you. That's Kaimah zukufa. Because sometimes there's a yoke on your back. You know, sometimes you're wearing a knapsack with a lot of stuff in it. You're sort of weighed down. Kaima Zekufa is you stand straight up you, you fix your posture, and you stand tall. Even in spirituality, there's something called Kaimah And because very often, there are things that are weighing us down. HaKadosh Baruch says, Va'eshbar mo'y to'yesu That after Klai left Mitzrayim, and the shibud was over, and the bondage was over, they still had pegs of the yoke on them. What does it mean they still had pegs on the yoke? That means the peg that causes the head to bend down on the neck of the ox to allow the yoke to be put on it the peg is what holds the head down and then you put the yoke on top of that. So God says, I'm going to break those pegs. So besides the yoke of the Avodah, in other words, we didn't have the yoke of the Avodah anymore. We left Mitzrayim. The bondage was over. But we still had the pegs on our neck. What were the pegs? The pegs were what was holding us down spiritually. The fact that we were in Ervas Haaretz the fact that we were in Memteshari Tesharit That were the moitais of the yoke that caused our head to, bow, to bend over. And even after we left the Sheba of the Gula, these moitais, these pegs, still held us down. Therefore Hashem says, don't worry, I'm going to carry you on the wings of eagles. The eagle is the highest flying bird. So too, in a short while, in 49 days, Hashem lifted us up, beyond the 49 levels of tuma, and brought us up to the Madriga, where we were able to say, nasiv and Ishma. So, and we, we reached the of V'avi eschem elai. That's what it means, V'eshbar moitois ulachem. Not just the yoke, but I'm breaking even any remnant at all. So we dive in that we should be able to enter Eretz Yisrael, bring us, we say, we don't want to just go to Eretz Yisrael. We want to go our upright. Upright means nothing holding us back spiritually. We want to be on the madrega of Avas Hashem, of Yeras Hashem, of the Vekos Tataira. We want to be on the madrega so that that we should not be embarrassed forever and ever. We don't want to go up to Shamayim and not be on the level of Avas Hashem that we could be on. I was just in uh, Miami this week and I spoke in the Yeshiva Taras in North Miami Beach on a few occasions. And I had his chus to speak with the Rosh Hashiva, Rav Binyamin Luban, for a few minutes. And I was able to get one of his new sfarim, he has a sefer, of different questions he asked, different gadoilam. And I was very interested to procure this sefer, because many of the gadoilam he spoke to, when I was learning in Eretz Yisrael 25 years ago, he took us to meet these gadoilam. And in his sefer he records conversations he had with Ramey Chadash. He records conversations he had with Rav Mordechai Zuckerman, who was one of the last Tamidim of the Chabad Chaim, Rav Shach Nizon, Rav, um, Rav Yosef Cohen, and he writes that when he met Rav Mordechai Zuckerman, who is already extremely advanced in age, Rav Mordechai Zuckerman says, you know, he feels he reaches he reached the Madriga of Hakaras Hatoyv TaHashem, but not yet on the Madrega of Avas Hashem. Here, you can you imagine you had Sadiqim who were well in their 90s and they're still pushing themselves to be Oivet Hashem, to serve Hashem, to higher and higher Madregois. Because we don't want to go upstairs and, and say, Oh, I could have, I should have, I wish I did. We ask Hashem, help us fulfill our mission in this world and that we should be Zoycha to Ilam Haba, but we have bitachain. That if we put in our best effort, Hashem will help us out. Okay, great to see everybody. Bez Hashem, we'll see you next week. And Brach uh, Vatsachah. Dr. Okay. Can your first question? Sure. How do I compare how right to be done? The, um, the, the Galahs, or Galahs, what, whatever you call them, Babel, for, for, for the second, and both at the same time, in Israel. In the current situation, I mean, it seems, just like maybe Bob did not go to Israel then, that the white like the States did not go to Israel. It's almost the same thing where they're comfortable except where they were. And many great yeshivas then like some great yeshivas now. <sighs> Everybody hear me? I hear you. You're saying, why don't we go to Eretz Yisrael? No, I'm saying, well, the situation is very comparable. I mean... I wish I had base number three, I maybe mean, I mean, even more comparable. But, uh, you know, I mean, just like I only have, I have my backpack, so I think everybody knows that, for, to, to go to Israel at any, at any moment, surely, basically. But, you know, in terms of the, the rest of the American population, which is relatively comfortable, depending upon where you are, and the great yeshivas here, and great people great to here, no, I'm not knocking that at all. But it's, it's a comparison the great yeshivas and great rebate that were in the kind time of the base of Migdash. Well, look, in the, uh, in the time of the Second Temple, even Ezra himself, who is the leader of the Olim, he himself did not go up as long as his Rebbe was alive and he was learning from his Rebbe. Right, that's the idea, so in the same direction. Right, the so, so look, if a person, usually we say, if a person in Chotzaretz is in a situation where he's learning... um. He's learning vigorously with his rebbe, and he's growing in his learning. That would take precedence even over going to Eretz Yisrael. Or, if a person's um, children are in schools and they're, you know, they're they're in the appropriate learning environment for them, again, that would be the primary consideration. But if a person's just working in Chutz and he's just comfortable here, and uh, he would be able to find a source of livelihood, of course he should go. But learning Torah is, is is a um, a consideration that cannot be overlooked. But look, for those who are learning over Zoom, you could be in Israel and be on the Zoom, there are people on the Zoom right now who are in Eretz <laughs> I hear. I that's, that's just a it's fine. Okay, hatslacha, Good Shabbos. How are you? It's already Shabbos already. Yeah, it's Yeah, but I, I guess somebody has their... Hatslach, com- <laughs> everyone. to. Okay, thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.